Greetings, American patriots. Greetings. My name is Zoe Warren. I'm the host of a weekly show called 2A4 Today. Uh, 2A4 Today is a program where I explore all things Second Amendment, all things that protect, threaten, and violate the Second Amendment right, which is the God-given right of every American. Amen? The Second Amendment is just to protect our God-given liberties. Amen? My family and I are missionaries. I'm just going to briefly kind of give you a little background so you kind of understand where I'm coming from. We are missionaries to Pakistan. In 2015, we went to Pakistan with $70, a pair of clothes on our backs, and a pair of clothes in a bag. Because the Lord said, when you go, don't take a bunch of extra stuff with you. Right? Remember, he said, don't take extra, extra, extra. So we didn't. And we didn't exactly know where we were going to stay. We didn't even uh, really, I guess, um, survey our host family. But it ended up being that the host family owned a quarry. He made paints, and he gave precious stones to the mosques in the area. So everybody loved him. <laughs> and he was a Christian. And he actually set up crusades for us. So we actually got to see hundreds of people give their lives to Jesus. We had police officers go in front of us from 6 in the morning until midnight every day. We looked like dignitaries. They bought us food. They bought us clothes. We didn't ask for it because they were just giving us pity. <laughs> but they weren't, we weren't living in a tent in the dirt. We were in like one of the nicer parts of Pakistan. And that was all because the Lord said go. And uh, there's a whole other backstory behind that, but I'm not going to go into all that. I just want to let you know that we are radical to do what God says to do. Amen? If God says to do it, we'll do our best. We might fall and fail as we do it, but we're going to do our best. Um, we went to the Philippines in 2017 when that little one back there waving the flag was six months old. I had her in my little carry thing. You know, I was, we were praying for people because we're kind of crazy charismatic people too. We pray for people on the streets and stuff. And so she's in my little carry thing as I'm praying for people. And she's just like, oh, what is this? <laughs> but it was an amazing time. We were there for a month. Um, we, we trained people in the gospel to go out and preach and teach. And so it was a great time. Uh, now, on to what I'm doing now. The Lord told me in November of 2020, after the most devastating experience I've ever had, I watched uh, a man that I grew to love uh, since 2016 um, be cheated out of the election. I, I watched states do what is unthinkable on national television. And then I watched people that I had invested my trust that would protect my liberty do nothing about it. And it broke my heart. And I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? How can I help? And he said, I'll open doors for you. You go where I tell you. And so, okay. Where do I go, Lord? Where do I go? Settle down, son. <laughs> I'll open the doors. And that's what he's done. Ever since November of 2020, the Lord has opened door after door after door. I'm now the third vice chair of the Lexington County Republican Party in South Carolina, where we're from. <laughs> Praise God. I have interviewed Lynn Wood. I have obviously I've met Candace Taylor. Um, I, I, I travel in and out of various circles, and they invite me sometimes to speak like I'm doing tonight. And so the first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to you guys to, to do an exercise with me, okay? You don't have to stand up. It would probably be better if you did, but it, it, I want to do what they do in the old churches, okay? We're going to do what's called call and response. You guys familiar with that? Call and response? Call and response is where I say a portion of something, and then you finish the sentence. Then I say the portion of something, and then you finish the sentence, okay? So I'm going to say, our rights to bear arms... Our right to bear arms. Our right to bear arms. Now say it like you mean it. Our right to bear arms. Our right to bear arms. 
One more time. Last time, say it so heaven can hear you. Our right to bear arms. Now give yourselves a shout of praise. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity. You know, the Bible says in Romans 13 that his ministers bear the sword. Did you know that? Romans 13, God's ministers bear the sword. You know what God did? He did something very special for us. He gave us the right, the duty to bear the sword. Amen? The citizen militia is what we are. I don't, whether you want to be it or not, it doesn't matter, okay? Period. If you're a male or a female now, because we're in an egalitarian society, and I want women as sharp shooting as, as me or anybody else in here if my wife's in danger. Amen? Period. So if you're between 18 and 45, you're automatically enlisted in what's called the unorganized militia. Amen? There's nothing you can do about it. You can't be taken out. So what that means is if, you know, African marauders or Chinese nationals come up, they're going to kill you because they know you're a military member. They're going to put you to death. They're not going to hold you and say, you know, I know you're just a citizen. No. They know you're part of the militia. Most African countries, when they're invaded by another African tribe, they kill all of them because they're all enlisted in the militia. So you need to get trained. You need to get on your state legislatures to train you. They have been tasked with the duty to train the militia. Now, what they'll argue is that the National Guard is the militia, right? You've heard that, right? No, in 1913, I think it was uh, some authorization, I think it was the Dick Act or something, some unconstitutional nonsense that they said was supreme, which it's not. They decided to name the National Guard a thing. But to be honest with you, it's not even constitutional. You guys, I myself, are the militia. Period. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to, 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 to violate the law. We need to go and overturn that law, okay? But as we do it, on the way to it, I suggest this. I've been working with a couple of legislatures, or legislators, excuse me, in the South Carolina legislature to introduce some legislation because the Lord told me this, too. He said, civil war is coming to America, and it's going to come on the streets or in the legislatures. So I prefer the legislatures, right? But I'm preparing for war, you know? But I prefer the legislatures. And so what I've been doing is talking to some of our legislators about introducing a bill that would essentially be to amend our state constitution to allow a couple of things. Number one is that we would have smaller precincts called wards. Thomas Jefferson imagined it. He saw what was happening in Europe, and he created this system where every hundred houses, you know, a voting precinct is about a thousand houses. You guys know that, right? But he envisioned that he thought the Republic was lost already by 1824. He was like, it's too late. They're already centralizing power to themselves. They're not limiting the government. They're just going too far. So he deduced the concept of hundreds and hundreds would be every hundred houses has its own magistrate. It has its own militia and it reports to the governor. So what I've been doing is helping our legislature have an answer for what's coming. Because you know what's coming, guys? The collapse is coming. I don't know whether you believe it. You don't have to believe it or not. It, the, there's a collapse coming. The Bible even tells us that in Revelation. There's a, there's a really big collapse coming, right? So what are we going to do when the collapse comes? Having meetings talking about changing laws is not going to fix the problem. We need to have an answer. We need to have a solution when the collapse comes. Our, our adversaries, they have a solution. You know what it is? Total government. That's their answer. 
They put out a Green New Deal, and it's a bunch of like, you know, vain vanity ideas. But one thing they did that's brilliant is it's a manifesto. So what they did, they put that manifesto out, and people all over the country took little bits and pieces of it and started implementing it in different places in the different, because they knew it wasn't going to pass, right? So what I told the legislature that I'm working, the legislature I'm working with, I told them that what we need to do is have our manifesto. I won't call it a manifesto because they already think I'm a white supremacist. So <laughs> we need to have our own vision for what America looks like after the collapse so that we can have every state legislature that agrees do the same. Now, if they don't agree, that's okay because there are people that will see the bill go in the hopper. They'll see it. They'll read it and they'll start implementing little bits and pieces of it around the country because bro, listen guys, when this country collapses, when the federal government collapses under its own weight, there's a lot of people that are on Medicare right now that are going to be insecure. There's a lot of people right now that think that law enforcement officers are tasked with the duty to protect them that are going to be insecure. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to go ahead and begin doing it. We got to be the bull, the pit bulls. Amen. We need to be the pitfalls and get started. Not, not breaking the law, but being within it. And convince the second part of that bill is to, to put forth a command on the states that they fulfill their obligation and train the militia. That includes the unorganized militia. They are, it is their duty to train the militia. There should be no difference between the weapons that the unorganized militia has access to and the National Guard has access to. Amen? There should be no difference. And the state needs to be doing its job and training us how to use the equipment. Because that's what it means to be regulated. It doesn't mean to be prohibited. It means to be trained. <laughs> so what I've been doing, like I, my program, if you guys go online, you type in 2A, the, the word for today. Or you go on the New American website. It's distributed by the New American magazine. Um, my job is to help people understand what the citizen militia really is. People think it's just... Me out with my, my friends from three percenters, you know, we're three percenters and we're out in the woods with carrier plates and AR-15s and we're just shooting stuff. That's what they think the militia is, right? My job is to help people understand that that's not solely what the militia is. That's part of what we do. The other half is if the widow's house down the street loses the roof, we call the militia and we raise her a new one. The other part of the militia is that when Gatlinburg burned to the ground, our militia, the 3% security force at the time, I was the chaplain of it. We went from eight different states, as high as North Dakota, to Sevier County, taking supplies to the people of Sevier County and the emergency services crews. That's what the militia does. See, what we've done is we really want an originalist interpretation of the Constitution, right? Am I, do you guys agree with that? We want them to interpret the Constitution as the people who actually, you know, ratified that amendment believed it would mean, right? Well, we need to have the same kind of lifestyle. I don't mean we need to go back to cart and buggy. I'm not trying to say you need to be just slaughtering cows for, for a living. But what I'm trying to tell you is that we need to be able to embrace and love our neighbors the way they did. Amen? I wear this shirt that says 1776. People ask me sometimes, I'm black, they're like, 1776, you've been a slave in 1776. And I look at them and I say, well, you know what? If it wasn't for 1776, if I had to wait on black people to free slaves, I'd still be a slave today. <laughs> they were still selling slaves in Africa in the 1940s. And it was state 
sanctioned. So I don't even want to hear that argument, but I wear this shirt because most people don't realize it, that the first independent republic in the history of the documented world, the first to abolish slavery was Vermont. That's why I wear this shirt. So when I go in McDonald's and I see some brown people look like me, I give them that bit of data and say, there's some things that some people don't want you to know because they want to keep you banging heads with people rather than hugging and embracing people in love. Yeah. Amen? And they all agree. They're like, wow, I didn't know that. That's really important information. Why didn't they give that to me? So, in any case, with all that said, I don't want to keep you long. You guys have been listening to people talk all day. But I believe our founders really wanted to protect the two great commandments when they formed the first two amendments. The first command, great, greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, mind, and strength, right? The second great command is to love your neighbor as yourself, right? I got, I got that right? Okay. The first command is protected by the first amendment. You have the freedom of religion. You can worship your God and nobody can stop you. You can assemble and have your church if you want to. Nobody can stop you. You can print a Bible. They were putting people to death for printing Bibles overseas. You can print a Bible and nobody can stop you. If you're living your conscience because they believed you had the right to live your conscience, you're a moral, religious people, you live your conscience. If your government trespasses you because they say you can't do that, they have to listen to your grievance. You have a right to a redress of grievances. The second one, similar. It doesn't, the second amendment doesn't really say you have the right to be, you know, John Wayne and dare people to make you day. <laughs> you have the right to walk around carrying your gun and, and just to defend yourself. Actually, it says... There's something that's necessary. What's necessary? The militia. Our founders recognized because they had tyranny on their left and they had chaos on their right. They had Great Britain and the royal brood of Britain. And then they had democracies falling apart and people being put to death. All right. And they looked and said, the only security we have in a free country, if you got free people, the only security they have is the militia. So you wonder why we're so insecure? We're so insecure because we stopped being who we were supposed to be. Yeah, you follow me, guys? The Second Amendment is so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves. If I would call the police to come help my wife that's in danger, but I won't let somebody call me, what does that make me? A hypocrite. That makes me a hypocrite. So I'm tasked with a duty before God to do what I would want done to me to others. Amen? And our founders wanted to protect my ability to do that. Now, right now, we've come so far away from that religious and moral society that if I was to defend my brother back in the back back there, if he was under fire and I walked out, well-aimed well shot, bam, took, took out the perp, I'll probably go to jail for a night or two. <laughs> we've come so far We've, we've, we haven't lost it, guys. We haven't lost it. We just haven't been doing it. And so what I propose to you today is if we're going to return to the citizen militia, people don't, they don't need to be afraid of us. They need to love us. Amen? They need to love us. In 2016, when we went to Gatlinburg, we were embraced like we were angelic hosts. We were in camouflage. We were, I mean, we were at the AO cooking. It was a great time. But I want to encourage you to begin doing things with your neighbors. Take, don't, don't do like with a, a thousand houses in your precinct. Just pick out a hundred houses right around you. 
Let them know you exist. Let them know you're there. Hey, listen, if the ice comes, here's my number. Just give me a call. Okay, I'll give you a hand. If a tree falls, give me a call. We can come get it out of your yard. If a flood comes, I'm here. Okay? So they get to know who you are. And do that because you're going to find some of those folks you don't want at your house. <laughs> I'm not telling you to bring them to your house. But I'm telling you to make yourself known to them. Okay? And then if you want to have a party, have a party. Go out to the, you know, the middle of the field. Say, bring your mask, bring your chair, bring, bring your own food. You know, bring your, bring your syringe if you want to give yourself a jab. Nobody's going to judge you. Whatever. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Because we got to return to the lifestyle of taking care of one another because the collapse is coming, guys. The collapse is coming. And look what they're doing now to us. The, the, I have one thing I want to read. Actually, I have two things I wanted to read, but I'm, I know you guys are fatigued from hearing people all day. But here's the first one. This is Jesus. This is Jesus in Luke chapter 23, verse 27 through 31. And it says, There followed him a great company of people and women, which bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the paps that never gave suck. For then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, to the hills, cover us. Look what they're doing when things are good. What shall be done when they're not? <laughs> the, the tree was green at that time. Right now, the tree's pretty green, right? But look what they do for our good. Look what they will do to your livelihood. Look what they'll do to your business. Look what they'll do to your family members for the greater good today. If this is what they'll do in the green... Imagine when it's dry. So we need to get prepared. Amen? We need to get prepared. We need to be able to, we need to be a good shot, but we also need to be the best lovers of our community that our neighborhoods know. Amen? That's, that's, my, that's my message. So God bless you. I'm Zoe Warren. Um, my, my program's 2A for today. It's a news program. I just, I covered daily topics, daily news stuff. And then I, uh, I also do a modern militiaman. I'll, I'll, I'll leave with one modern militiaman. It's amazing. This woman, she, uh, she got caught in a gangbang, okay? But they didn't know she had a little bang-bang of her own. <laughs> it was great. This guy held her at gunpoint and said, get out of the car and give me your stuff. And another guy got in the pasture side. And she said, okay. And she reached down. And she decided to, to give them her gun. Bullets first. <laughs> yeah. And so her brute courtiers ran back to their mama. <laughs> as fast as they arrived, they departed. Amen? Who better to bear the sword than you and I? Who better? If, if, if we were bearing the sword, if it was your local pastor bearing the sword, okay? George Floyd would not be a Marxist martyr today, right? Am I, am I, am I right? So we need to be the ones doing this, amen? We don't need to chase down bad guys, but we should most certainly be protecting and loving our neighbors as ourselves, amen? God bless you guys, thank you.